Hello, everyone, and welcome back. You are now listening to Desert Dogcast, a special episode of Desert Dogcast. Five for Howling's official Arizona Coyotes podcast, alongside Carl Pavlik and Rose Ford. I am Rob Leano, here to talk to you guys about a lot of Coyotes things, but today we got a very special day because we got some crazy news coming up here. We were talking about this a couple weeks ago, guys, about the potential of a trade with for Taylor Hall. And, well, let me just say, it happened, guys. It happened today. Happy holidays, indeed. I mean, I was really disappointed. I was going to write about how the Coyotes fit into the HBO Watchmen universe, and now i got to talk about this, but I, I guess it's a good thing. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I think the thing is, no one expected it to come that fast, is people saw people saw it ramping up, and then it happened. Um just out of nowhere just like yep coyotes are the front runners and then probably about what two hours later maybe even less it's just like yeah it's a done deal actually i thought it was kind of slow because it was coyotes were the front runner on what saturday night true true i mean i guess yeah. if you count that like i was saying like as it was starting to ramp up today but um I, yeah i guess yeah you're right it, it felt weird because like, I was all set for it to happen on Saturday, and then it nothing didn't. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Uh, but then, like, it just kind of came out of nowhere today. So it was it was both slow and fast, I guess it would be the way I would describe it. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you know. But, uh, I mean, it's a big trade, guys, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring up the uh, the entire trade list here because I have it with me. Um Here's the, here's the entire information that uh, you guys all need to know. So, Arizona acquires Taylor Hall and Blake Spears. And New Jersey, first of all, before we get into the players, will retain 50% of Taylor Hall's salary. And in return, we'll get Nick Merkley, Nate Schnarr, Kevin Ball, a 2020 conditional first-round pick, and a 2021 conditional third-round pick. Now, guys, the conditions here are for that first-round pick, if if Arizona's uh, selection is top three, it will defer to 2021. So it's essentially just no matter what, a first-round pick. The third-round pick will upgrade to a second if Coyotes win a playoff round or if Taylor Hall resigns, and it upgrades to a first round if he resigns and they play a playoff round. What do you guys think of that return? Is that would you consider it a balance? Does it shift one way or another as the instant in an instant reaction setting here? I am very happy that Jean Scheika didn't have to give up a roster player in order to get Taylor Hall because right. I really do like most of our roster, and um, getting New Jersey to retain fifty percent of the salary. And not having to give up a roster player means that I think this is a clear win for the Coyotes. Yeah, so I was actually texting my sister about this on Saturday during the game. And the text I sent her was, it was going to be Hill, Ball, and a first-round pick. That would have been what I would be comfortable giving up for Taylor Hall. And the what we sent over, I would say, is significantly less than that. Um, Hill 
would have been a piece I would be happy to get rid of, but I think he is still a extremely good goaltender. I'm happy that we kept him. I thought New Jersey, in the position they are, they would want a goaltender. Um, the picks I'm perfectly fine with. I actually I wouldn't necessarily have minded too much if we had gotten rid of a bottom six roster player, maybe like a seventh defenseman type, like one of those borderline players. But I'm glad that the team stays pretty much the same. You know what gets me is, you know, looking at that player list, Nick Merkley and Nate Schnarr, both guys who've been playing on the Roadrunners. And Nate Schnarr has been playing, you know, he's he's a depth player. I don't, ex- I, I, I never really expect him to, you know, be a huge um, Roadrunners, you know, uh playmaker on any given day i mean again he'll make some good plays but nick mirk is a guy i did expect and he didn't really become that guy um in tucson so and, and to see them go off and maybe not another one of the higher end guys from tucson that i've that i've become a big fan of i mean i i consider this a uh, a pretty good deal for arizona yeah i think at the end of the day um if we end up talking about the career of Nick Merkley, which I think people may, because he's going to be interesting to talk about. Right. It is going to be a player who, whose career was cut short by injuries. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think you even said it best. Um, and one of the other podcasts, this is a make or break year for him. And unfortunately, like I haven't been watching games, but it wasn't necessarily, I wasn't seeing the numbers I would have hoped for 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 him. I think he still could turn around. Uh, everything that most that I've heard about him is he still has a really great work ethic. So I think that he could still make the NHL. But I, I think it was becoming far less likely every year, and that really sucks because it's nothing that he did. He hasn't been lazy. He hasn't been. Like, not a team player. It's injuries. And that's always very unfortunate. Yeah, and that brings up a good point, is that um, I know some folks consider Taylor Hall to be injury-prone, but Nick Merkley kind of is, too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I would say Taylor Hall, while being injury-prone, is also an NHL player. Yeah. I think Nick Merkley could be an NHL player, but I don't know. I mean, I know he's not going to be Taylor Hall yeah. level of, of, of player, but um, he could still be, you know, in somebody's top nine or even top six. Yeah, I think I, I can see that as a potential. Um, you know, again, I've always been a fan of him, you know, from the first year I got a chance to watch him when uh, the second year for the Roadrunners. And, you know, I again, he had. I, I saw that potential, and and as Carl said, unfortunately, injuries did hinder that. You know, I, I, I still hope the best for him, no matter what. I, you know, he's now in New Jersey, probably gonna be playing in uh, what is it, Bring Binghamton? Binghamton. 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 I don't even know how to pronounce it yet. Binghamton. There we go. Um, that's where he's gonna be playing now. And you know, I again, I hope he develops because you know I want to see him in the NHL. Yeah. Definitely no, like, ill feelings, I think, for any fan. Um, Hopefully this is a good shot for him, especially for a rebuilding Devils team. Maybe they have somewhere where they can slot him that the Coyotes may not necessarily have. I'm not really sure what New Jersey's top nine is like. Um, But 
I'd like to see him turn around. Uh, I was intrigued by Nate Schnarr. Is that the proper pronunciation? Nate uh, Schnarr. I never yeah. ever say his name. Yeah. Schnarr. Um, Schnarr. Uh, his last year in juniors, really good. 34 goals, 68 assists, 102 points. Um, he was with, what team was with? Golf? Guelph. 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 Yeah. Just not good with the East Coast uh, cities. Um, yeah, I just can't do it. But, but, I mean, the season prior, 16 goals, 23 assists. I'm wondering if maybe that was just that bump that a lot of players do when they're last year of eligibility for juniors. If he could transition well into the AHL and then, then the NHL, that's a big question mark. And Taylor Hall is much smaller of a question mark, I would say. Right. Um. Now, now, now that it's a done deal, though, what what are you guys' expectations from Taylor Hall? You know, where is he going to slot in this in, in this lineup? I mean, obviously, he's going to be a top six guy, but how do you how do you envision the way he fits into this Coyotes roster? Um, well, he's obviously he's probably going to be a top line player. I yeah. mean, Pocket might play around with the lines a little bit and start him off slow, even maybe I don't know yet. But um, he's going to completely change the power play, too. Yeah. That's that's going to be major. And the power play, even with Phil Kessel, still needs a little bit of help. So I'm going to be excited to see what it looks like once Hall gets, uh, gets going with the team, too. Yeah, I, I'm really curious what the power play is going to look like. Do you do, you do like a, a Keller-Kessel... Hall like top unit do you spread that out a little bit more maybe do Hall with Schmaltz on the second unit maybe Hall takes Castle's spot Castle plays with Schmaltz in the second unit now I'm not sure what it's going to be like but I really like having the options on this one you know I think it's pretty a uh, it, it it seems you know for for Coyotes fans it, sh- it should be a nice a uh, breath of fresh air to be talking about something like that of how you just, how they're going to break up lines and and the depth of players you know as this team continues to grow because you know of course you know I'm mean, think a lot of people remember a couple years ago there was a lot of struggle but I mean this is this is something else guys I mean I'm you know it's it a lot of people are excited even I'm gonna say though no, I this team's gonna look really good in these next few months yeah. I think in general, even if Hall is a complete bust, this should make Coyotes fans extremely excited. I I cannot even remember the last time we went big for a rental player. I think the closest in my time with the with the team has been when we got Antoine Vermette uh, towards the trade deadline and. Vermette was great, and he had a good function with the team, but this is another level of acquisition. And combine that with Castle. That's insane that the team is doing these kind of moves. Right. Getting Castle and Hall in the same season, that's just unheard of. And I can't even imagine what that's going to do for attendance even. I would, I would sure hope the attendance would increase a decent amount. I mean, now the buzz is there. 
I've seen uh, people all over Twitter, guys who, um, you know, friends of mine who I know who have not really followed hockey as much, just even the sport in general, they heard this happen and they're aware of who Taylor Hall is. They're aware of the Coyotes making moves and they're just like, I got to go watch more games. This, This is exciting. Yeah, when I was at my day job, uh, one of my coworkers got back from lunch and said, "Hey, I saw you guys acquired Mark Hall," and I'm like, <laughs> "That is not his name, but he <laughs> is, yeah, he is a very, very casual fan. Um, follows the Capitals a bit, um, but the fact that like someone on their lunch break who doesn't necessarily follow the sport." like heard about this level of move and understands what it means. That's crazy. Uh, I think that is one of the best things to happen to the coyotes reputation in years. I remember during the ownership struggles, like the idea was like, can't play for the coyotes. Don't know where they're going to be next season. Like they don't have the money to make big moves. And now like, I don't know if there's anyone who would say that the coyotes are afraid of making these kind of big moves. And I think other players are going to want to be like, hey, I want in on that, and that's going to be great for us. Have anything else to add, Rose? Um, no, I think, I yeah, I think this is going to be a good get all the way around. I, I do think um, people should manage their expectations because Hall was coming back from a knee injury, so he – might need a little time to get up to speed, but that's why getting him early was a good idea. Yeah, I, that's one of the things I was actually going to say too. Is you know, getting him at the trade deadline could have been a little bit more of a of a risk, but you got him two months earlier, a little bit more than two months earlier, and you know, you got you, you know, that's that's an extra two months you can help him fit into that roster a little bit more, get more comfortable, get healthy, and kind of figure things out. And I, I mean, that's I, I see that as a really good benefit. Yeah, I think getting him that extra time so he can adjust to the system is going to do wonders for it. I, I would have still picked him up at the deadline, but give him a couple of extra months. That's a steal. Do you guys think he would have been more expensive at the deadline or less expensive? I don't know. It always I, seems like deadline prices are. I think he would have been. I think he would have been more expensive at the deadline because you know maybe at that point. Um, you know, you're you're past the midway point in the season, but some some teams, you know, might have some injuries to a player or whatever, and you know they realize they have the space, and it's like, all right, let's go get him because well, we need him now because you know this guy's gone or whatever. So the, the, there is more demand at that point. I suppose that's true. Yeah, there's more yeah. players, but I doubt he would have even made it to the deadline. No, he wouldn't like, have. I mean, based off the demand of him already. Like, yeah, I don't, he wouldn't, he, he would have been gone. Let's see if I, if I had to make a predict, like a prediction, you know, preseason, knowing the, how things would go, I would have made a prediction. He would have been gone before the all-star break. I mean, after this weekend, I would have said that he, he would have been gone today, no matter what. Right. Right. And it would have been the difference of us or Colorado, or I, I saw Florida floating in there. Um, St. Louis, too. too. Like, there was so many people who would have just jumped on it. He 
absolutely had no chance of making it to the deadline. Um, I don't know. Like, if he had, I could see him being more expensive. I could also see, like, uh, Shiro just raiding till the end and being like, oops, like, all the demand's gone because everyone thought they were going to miss out and get other pieces and you know, maybe he sells for less. Yeah, that was could have been another option. Now going on, um, here's another big question, and it's a, I mean, it's a simple question, and also I guess one that a lot of people want to think about, and I, I don't know, it could be too soon to even say it, but expectations from what you were saying, Rose, are the Coyotes now a Stanley Cup contender? Ooh, um, jeez. I think it might be too soon to say that. Fair enough. I think I'd want to see how he pans out on the team a little bit at least and whether he's going to need to be on the line with Kessel or if the two can be split up. That would be really interesting to see first. So um, maybe. <laughs> there you go. I like that. <laughs> Carl, what do you think? Um, um... I don't know if I would go that far yet. I would say the expectations for the team have definitely changed, and they've changed throughout the season. Mm-hmm. When I started off, I would say that the expectation was that the team was competing for a playoff spot, and yeah. they may be a bubble, bubble team. They may be a wildcard team. At this point, I would say the expectation for the Coyotes is they get one of the top three spots in the division, if not top two. Yeah, no. Uh... They keep. One of the top three stuff. I mean, I, like in my in my thoughts, in my beliefs here, um, and this is kind of my thinking right away is because they didn't really lose a roster spot. They added a guy who's as as a caliber as Taylor Hall, without seeing him play at one point at at all, you know, yet on the Coyotes. Um, before the season, in general, with that with or without him, I knew this team was going to make the playoffs. That's more of my prediction. This team was going to make the playoffs around you know about two or three mark i think this puts them at the top of the division i look at the i look at the pacific division right now i just don't see another team that can beat them at this point um again a lot of things can happen but right now they look like the team to beat and adding taylor hall just makes that kind of even more of a i wouldn't say sure thing but it kind of makes it kind of seems it more definitely a lot more possible now than i thought from before yeah, it's definitely more possible. Um, like I said, I just want—I just want to see how it all pans out. Just you know, even one or two games before I say they're going to be contenders. Yeah, and it's you know, it's going to be interesting. No, you have to have the hottest of takes. Do right away. I don't do hot takes. That's not my thing. I mean, I, see, I live in an era where hot takes are. I mean, I'm, I would say we are, we're all here, but you know, being the you know the guy who's you know in his uh early 20s where hot takes are, are a thing so i can you know i will go out and make comments you know i think this is going to happen and people will either lash out at me or they'll be like you know i agree with you that just happens now I, this is what i get for, for, be, for being 20. <laughs> sorry i'm just a reasoned thinker i'd rather i'd rather have the evidence to back up my i mean i'm not going to go out just... and, and lash out a hot take oh, every oh. day but if there's something I really think might happen, you know, I'm. Why not go out and say what I think is going to happen, you know? And and I, 
I'm not just going to say it without any any evidence at all. Like, you know, I'm going to be at least somewhat reasonable. Yeah. The Pacific Division is still so weird. Uh, wide open also, but I, I I still don't understand what's happening in the Pacific Division. Um, I don't know who's going to finish anywhere. I think this gives us a much better chance of finishing at top, but I I can't say. The Golden Knights have gone from like close to the bottom up back to the top, where I think most people predict them to be the Edmonton Oilers are starting to fall. Mm-hmm. The Calgary Flames are starting to rise. The Vancouver Canucks are starting to fall. The Kings are in the basement. That's the only thing that anyone kind of expected. That and the Ducks, I guess. But, yeah, this division is still, I think, the most unpredictable in the NHL. And I think moves like getting Taylor Hall is going to be extremely beneficial because I think everyone is going to be looking at it. Like, they can get this train and be like, all right, Hall's off the table. What do we get next? Because we were already behind Arizona. We need to find something that will help us in the stands. Right. Same for Edmonton. If you guys want to laugh, go look at the copper and blue tweets from today about how upset they are that they didn't get Taylor Hall. Um, yeah. Sorry, anything that makes a Canadian team cry makes me happy. Huh. They are extremely upset and it is hilarious. Uh, wish him all the best, but that was the idea of Hall going back to Edmonton was already insane. Uh, but I mean, yeah, they, they kind of wanted it. And I, I'm, I would be shocked if, if the teams that are also competing for a spot, aren't going to also look to, to get some new players as the year goes down. And maybe this will start a like a chain reaction and we get a lot more early trades. It's not all at the deadline. Maybe. Maybe maybe all around Christmas time. I mean we call the deadline Christmas for hockey fans anyways, but maybe we get another second yeah, an extra Christmas out of there. Um You know guys, um one thing we didn't mention in this hall trade yet is that this is actually a pure rental. Hall has not signed an extension and probably isn't going to sign any extensions with anybody until the off season. Oh, I so. wouldn't. I, I, I wouldn't yeah. think so. Anyways, I mean the conditions are in there for that for that reason. I mean I don't think we'll see. Um, we'll ha- no one really has an expectation with a lot of players. Um, rentals are just work that way. Um, you know, as someone who's uh, had gone through uh, covered uh, or been a fan of a team that's had a number of rentals over the last five years, but that's just how it works. Yeah. yeah no, I understand that's how it works. It, it's, I'm just saying it's not like the Mark Stone trade where he got traded and then immediately resigned. In yeah. I, that's a rare thing. I don't think anyone really expects that. Like, expects so that. considering and- that, I think um, New Jersey got a, a better return from Arizona because they were willing to take the risk on him as just a rental and not do the extension right away. Right, right. So, And I'm not necessarily sure I would want a Hall extension. Uh, it's going to come down to what 
he is looking for, and I think he's going to try and cash in on his last big deal. I don't necessarily think I want to give Taylor Hall I, a max term deal. And, and I don't know if the Coyotes could afford it, because look at it right now, the you know they're already up barely against that cap ceiling, and to make it happen... New Jersey is retaining 50% of Taylor Hall's salary of this season. Like, that's, like... Yeah, in order to resign him, they're going to have to free up cap space somewhere. And that's could spell danger for the for the depth of the team. And, you know, as uh, you can tell from a couple of other t- players, a couple of other teams who have um, made that mistake, potentially. Yeah, don't necessarily want the Coyotes to overcommit. Uh, I will say that the Mike Ribeiro contract is going to be coming off the books after this season, which yeah, is right. only $1.9 million. And that's true. Um, Brad Richardson, $1.25. Not sure if the team necessarily wants to extend him. Carl Soderberg, $4.75. So I think there's going to be room, and there's not necessarily a lot of players that the team needs to re-sign. Uh, I think the Coyotes did a really good job in locking up their free agents. Restricted free agents, Vinny Henestroza, Christian Fisher, Ilya Bushkin, uh, Robbie Russo is going to be an unrestricted free agent. I imagine we're going to get a full season of Barrett Hall. Um, so maybe... Barrett Hayton. Baron Hayton, sorry. <laughs> uh, combining my players. Just thinking about Barrett Hayton and Taylor Hall on the same line. That sounds fun. Um, I think it could definitely – the Coyotes could make it work. But, again, for for me, that deal is going to be all about what kind of term he's looking for. And if the Coyotes want to commit to six or seven years for a player with an admitted injury history, who is going to be on the wrong side of 30 for most of it? Right. Yeah, he's 28 years old now. Yeah, so he's right Plus in his we prime. Need to, we need to save up money to send Blake Spears to his long-term extension. I imagine he's going I, to be great. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a very important piece right there. Corner piece of that deal there. Anyways, guys, let's go ahead and... No offense uh, meant to Blake Spears. We're just having fun with it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Anyways, uh, guys. Should we talk about uh, Kevin Ball? Since I don't think he, we brought him up. Um, you're talking about pieces going over. Sure, yeah. Um, what do you got? I mean, I think Ball is definitely the centerpiece of this trade, other than the picks. And I'm I'm disappointed to see him go. I I expected him to be the piece, but I think the Coyotes have such a great defensive depth that they can let a player like him the go. The Coyotes have like a I, million defensive prospects, like. They do, but Kevin Ball was kind of special in that he was one of the few defensive defensemen out there. And more importantly, one of the few defensive defensemen that can skate. Ah, there you go. Yeah, his, you know? his skating is definitely a talent that you're not necessarily going to get from most of the bigger guys. Yeah, uh, especially from a guy who's six foot seven. You very rarely see guys that tall who can skate that well absolutely yeah. well, so i think go ahead i'm sorry go ahead no please 
Yeah, I was going to say that I, I think that was the, the key piece for New Jersey was getting Kevin Ball. And I I personally had hoped that eventually at some point Kevin Ball would take Nick Yarmelson's place as the defensive defenseman. On, um, I don't know that he would be as good as Nick Yarmelson, but that's kind of the role that I, I envisioned him in. So. Yeah. I think that's why New Jersey wanted him so so badly. I would agree. I think I also saw him as taking that kind of spot, the uh, Nicky Armelson kind of defensive, defensive shutout guy. And I like those players. I liked Zibinik McCulloch when he was with the team. I liked Rostislav Klesla. I think very similar molds as, as potential as those guys. But other than... Uh, McCulloch, I don't necessarily think of those guys as top pairing. And I think the same would have been true for Ball. Even with the skating, I think he may have been like a a second pairing defenseman, which is still great and all the power to him. And I hope he succeeds at that level. But I think if you're a team like the Coyotes with such defensive depth and you could trade a possible future second pairing defenseman for a guaranteed this season at least top six winger you have to take that I think Brandon Gormley was also a a defensive defenseman and that didn't necessarily work out well for the Coyotes holding on to him (laughs) yeah granted that was a different time the scouting was much worse I think everyone would agree with that oh yeah there was no scouting budget at all yeah the thing about prospects is they're a gamble and I think Ball is definitely a better bet than you would give a lot of the players in the Coyote system, not as good as some of the others. Uh, I still marvel at the fact that there were people who were talking about getting um, Barrett Hayton out of the deal or Victor Soderstrom. That was the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. The Coyotes <laughs> would part with either one of those two. Um but but I think it's uh, the risk that we need to take um, in order to get something like this. You have to you have to bet something big to get something big. I mean that's that, that, that's part of making a trade. I mean, um, you, G, uh, no GM is gonna trade away a player as caliber as uh, you know Taylor Hall without you know asking it for at least something in return. That's you know a pretty decent piece, a decent prospect piece, a decent draft piece, or whatever it is. You know. It's just, you just get that, you know, Ray Sherrill wasn't going to just, you know, let it happen. He wasn't going to be like, you know, Pierre Dorian and allow, you know, half his stars go away for, you know, jump change. Yeah, especially if he is potentially hoping to maybe send another few players. Don't want to set the precedent. Uh, If you look to, say, trade Wade Simmons as the season winds down. Or P.K. Subban. Or P.K. Subban. Like, you want to make sure that you aren't going to be taken lightly by the other GMs. Right. Well, guys, let's let's take a quick break to hear from sponsors when we come back. uh, We could talk pretty briefly a little bit of of Roadrunners. I mean, not too much, but uh, then look ahead at the schedule. Once again, you guys are listening to Desert Dogcast.
Welcome back, everyone, to Desert Dogcast. Here on Five for Howling, Arizona, the Arizona Coyotes podcast on Five for Howling. Once again, with Carl and Rose, I'm Rob. We are talking uh, a lot of things. We On the last segment, we just talked about the acquisition of Taylor Hall, who will be playing his first game as a member of the Coyotes uh, tonight, technically, because if you probably you'll probably be listening to this on Tuesday, he will be joining the team in San Jose to play the San Jose Sharks. But um, let's go ahead and before we do that, uh, look at the week ahead. We'll talk a little bit of Roadrunners, just a couple minutes, because you know I feel like we guys had to talk about it. You know, again, a couple Roadrunners were included in that trade for Taylor Hall. But guys, I this team keeps winning. I can't. I don't. I don't know how how they're doing it. I mean, the truly good teams find a way to win no matter what. Uh, sometimes it's sloppy, sometimes it's great, but yeah, find a way to win. Sometimes it takes a 15-round shootout. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that was the crazy one, a 15-round shootout. I, like, I was like, you know, how do you... I think what, it tied for... Or no, it was the second longest shootout in American Hockey League history, and I'm like... Serious? What? I think the longest was like 16 or 17 rounds, and I'm like, wow. They so should have gone for the record. I know, right? <laughs> I think they just wanted the game over with. Probably, probably, because that's a that's a long time for a shootout, right there. I'm, I don't know if I could if I could take it that long. Oh my god, that'd be brutal. But right now they are 21 and five. Literally, they haven't lost. In a game in like two weeks or whatever, five game or six game winning streak. Now they're still in the top of the league in the AHL. Um, I think Milwaukee might have lost one of the games, so that's where it's kind of coming into play now. But they come back home to Tucson this weekend uh, to play Ontario. The Teddy Bear Toss is this weekend as well. So if you guys up in up in the, or, the up in the valley or Tucson, whatever, come on down and you know. Bring a teddy bear and get ready for it, because that's one of my favorite traditions. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be there. I'll already be on vacation. But uh, you guys should go anyways. It should be absolutely fun. Again, because you see this Tucson team keep winning, it's uh, it makes it even more fun out of it. Yeah, and there's no Coyotes game this weekend. So, you're, well, there's Detroit on Sunday, but you can be back up and wherever you're at, because the... Games there's no home game. Yes, there's no home game. And there's also no overlapping game that you would be missing out on. So go to Tucson. See some uh, Roadrunners hockey. But, yeah, six-game winning streak. That's really impressive. Yeah, it's their longest of the season so far because they usually get to five games and then they kind of go off. I think sometimes they get to six games. Um, but uh, we'll see if they can continue that. Once again, they'll, they'll be playing Ontario. Um you know, I'm I'm in Ontario. I it's kind of a, a hard team to guess who they are. I mean, they've been, I guess, medi- a mediocre team in the Pacific Division. I mean, they could be worse, but obviously, you don't want to uh, talk low over really any team because, well, you know, I'm pretty sure that's how what keeps Tucson Tucson winning is they they don't take any team lightly, and it seems that way. It's kind of interesting that Ontario's not as good as as they could be. I, I often see a lot of kind of bad NHL teams have decent AHL teams because they have the, the kind of like pool of prospects that they're developing. 
And the Kings are nothing if not terrible this season. So I would have kind of expected them to have a mildly decent AHL team. Well, remember they, but... they it's like they traded away like most of their future to keep away to, I mean to keep a lot of their veterans that were part of their Stanley Cup run from 2012 and 2014. So it's like, that to keep them. I think we were going to do. Yeah, it didn't work out. But, you know, uh, their goaltender, uh, I want to say, who is it, Cal Peterson? Yeah, Cal Peterson. He's the guy that's like that. He's like the cornerstone of their team still. And I'm sure he's going to he's gonna be the guy that's going to probably go against. Uh, actually, you know, I don't even know because uh, you, can, you, you don't know which – are the Coyotes? I mean, sorry. Which are the Roadrunners' goaltenders they're going to play? Because Prospetov or Hill are both almost equally as good. So, provided they don't sleep on this, could be another wow, potentially an eight-game winning streak. That'd be fantastic. It is. I think we talked about it last week. It's great that the entire Coyotes organization is excelling at this point yeah it's going to be really cool um to see all that the i'm looking at the rest trying to get the rest of the schedule up here um because they've got a really long homestand coming up i believe um because outside of they got let's see all the california teams coming i think i know they got San Diego coming in. San Jose is going to be coming in after the new year. Colorado is coming in. Uh, and it looks like at least their next seven. Next seven. Yeah, at home. That's a, definitely an opportunity to get more points, especially if you're a good home team. I, I wish the Coyotes were a good home team or as good on at home as they are on the road. So yeah, they got the uh, the border cup game, or one of the border cup games on New Year's Eve. That should be fun. Yeah, uh, it sounds like it's going to be a nice long homestand for them. So definitely want to get down there and see a game or two. Should be yeah. I mean they like they got plenty of time. I'm trying to see that's. Yeah, seven-game homestand, as uh, Carl said earlier. So they will be in town from Friday up until Saturday, Saturday January 4th. And that'll be their last home game uh, when they on the second of games when they host the Barracuda. Um, that'll be one long, fun stand. I'll only be there for two of those games. Uh, gotta love long holiday breaks. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And then just looking at their schedule, I'm sure we're going to talk about this uh, next month, but uh, 1st of February, they're having Harry Potter night. So yeah, well, there I think you we go. all got to go down there. Um, <laughs> something to note, and this is in my plans, and I will keep everyone updated on this, but it is uh, slowly becoming into my plans to be in Ontario at the end of January for the AHL All-Star Classic. I'm going to be kind of trying to work my magic and see what I can do to get there, but... Um, should I be there? I will let you guys know and give everybody updates on what it's like to be at a AHL All-Star game. Well, that should be interesting. I'm kind of interested in think of who's going to be going now that Nick Merkley and Nate Schnarr and aren't going to be there. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I could think of a couple players potentially, um, but uh, Braden Burke maybe Braden, or like yeah, Peterson. Burke. Yeah, uh, I know the Coyotes did send uh, Braden Burke back down to the Roadrunners today. Uh, something and- may have overshadowed that news. I'm not sure why. <laughs> yeah. Can't imagine. Can't imagine why. But um, yeah, and be he's he's been one of their top scorers too, right? Um, Braden Burke. Yeah. He has. That's what. That's the reason why he's up. The he's uh, Braden Burke right now is at uh, twenty four points in the season, uh, tied for the most with Lane Peterson. So yeah, so those would be two very good picks to go to the AHLR. Michael Bunting and Neely could be up there too. So nice. So lots of good, potentially good good choices for the AHL All-Star game, and we'll find out uh, how that goes. Uh, is there usually a notion of who coaches, or is that random? I mean, I don't know like how that is it. I kind of forgot how that works. Um, I think it's who have, who's ever top in their division the coach goes. I think top in the division by the Christmas break. Or I'm, well. I don't know. I'd have to look it up again, but I think that's the way that it works. Whichever team has is on the top of their division yeah, I, by a certain I, point. I had a feeling that's what it was. I didn't want like, um, but yeah, no, when, if Jay Verratti would be able to go up there, that'd be pretty cool. Um, you know, because uh, I know Mike Van Ryan did a couple of years ago and, you know, uh, I, I just thought of the uh, press conference that happened literally the night before he he took off, and you know that was that was something fun. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say fun, but it was uh, interesting. I'll say. But uh, yeah, um, so in a nutshell, on that, Tucson's good. Teddy bear toss this weekend. Go attend and watch. Bring a teddy bear. On that note, let's go ahead and move forward and talk about the week ahead in Arizona Coyotes uh, gameplay. Once again, as we as I mentioned earlier, Taylor Hall's first game will be tonight, Tuesday night, in San Jose against the San Jose Sharks, and uh, who, since our last broadcast uh, or last podcast, uh, fired their coach. So. What do you guys? Where do you guys uh, have this game going? <laughs> uh, well, I think the Coyotes are in. the uh, San Jose Sharks can't seem to get a save. So, um, let's say three-one. All right, Carl. So, I mean, it's tough. I don't – I think Hall is going to take a little bit of time to adjust. I think he's going to be a little bit tired traveling. He's uh, not going to necessarily get a chance to practice with the team. So I don't see him necessarily having a huge impact. Um, I think it's going to be 3-2 San Jose. Fair enough. Um, I got to pick the Coyotes on this one. I think uh, – I'm not sure what impact exactly Taylor Hall is going to make. But um, I mean, just right now, San Jose's in disarray. I mean, they, I mean, firing their firing Peter DeBoer was one thing, you know. Just 
ah, they just uh, they just don't look good. I, it's gonna, they need to find out a way to rebound. Uh, you know, in my own opinion, you know, as being a fan, but uh, Coyotes are still going to be good. I think they're going to win. Uh, I'm going to have this game four to one. So that's all our predictions for San Jose. Now let's move on to Thursday's game. And that will be the uh, Wild at the Coyotes. So Wild coming into Glendale at the Gila River Arena. What do you guys got? Carl, you can go first this time. I want to be optimistic about this one, but the Wild have already beat us twice. I think we are just one of the teams that naturally doesn't stack up well against them. Right. I think we're going to be better, but I think it's going to be a shootout loss. And I'm going to go 4-3 to Minnesota. Okay. I think that this is going to be the time that the Coyotes beat the Wild. So I'm going to say 4-2 Coyotes. All right. I am going to side with you, Rose. I do think the Coyotes will finally uh, beat Minnesota this time around. And, um, you know, I think Taylor Hall will slowly ease into uh, a little bit more comfortableness. Again, it's only one game. You you only put one game in San Jose beforehand, but he's got a home game. He's got to see how that feels. And I'm pretty sure he'll like it. And I'll give the Coyotes the... Three to one victory over the wild. Ooh. And then that takes us to, yeah, we'll do the next couple games because I'm not sure we're not, we're not going to have another Monday recording probably. Um, so yeah, and then Tuesday and Wednesday are Christmas Eve and Christmas. Yeah, so um, yeah, we'll just take it all the way to next Monday. So. Because, oh, cool. Or do you want to take it all the way to the, the rest of the calendar year? Let's say we do the rest of the calendar year, and then if we record something, we record something. All right, there you go. All right. So next Sunday, Coyotes at Detroit. Okay, for some reason, we seem to have a problem playing against the teams that we should beat. So I'm going to say we're going to lose to Detroit 2-1 overtime. See, this is the game I'm going to be optimistic about. Because uh, I feel like if after losing to San Jose and Minnesota, if we don't get a win, fans are going to riot. Um, and Detroit is terrible. And I don't foresee the team underestimating them. So I think this one's going to be a blowout. I'm going 6-1 Coyotes. Oh, there you Wow. All right. Um, you know, I think this could be a potential trap game. It is the, uh, you know, it is against a terrible Red Wings game who have not, I feel like they have not won much at all in a long time. Um, and then they'll be playing the Predators on that next day. I don't know. Um, 
it could go i i mean i could see this one going either way just because of those reasons trap potential trap game but also detroit's just not good um but i'm gonna go with my instinct on here and say coyotes are gonna win this one and it's gonna be a shutout for nothing I think that one's a bigger prediction than mine. Like a 4-0 shutout versus a 6-1 win. Uh, <laughs> both, I, I think, are, are really impressive results, but I don't know, maybe go with that shutout. And that takes us to the second game of that back-to-back. Arizona at... No, yeah, Arizona at Nashville. Yep, good old Nashville with their uh, fun chanting. Let's see. Um, Since I said the Coyotes are going to lose to Detroit, they're going to want to bounce back. And they've been doing okay in the second half of back-to-backs. So I think they're going to take this one. Um, It's still going to be a relatively low-scoring game because they both have – both teams have good goaltenders. Oh, yeah. So um, I'm going to say 2-1 Coyotes. All right. I – what is going on with Nashville this season? Second to last in the in the Central. Granted, they have two fewer games played than the Wilds were above them, but this is a team that I thought would be going away with the division. Uh, I have no way to anticipate this one, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do a close one. I am going to do three two. Coyotes. Okay, okay. Um, you know, I think this is a game that, again, this is also a 50-50 game in my opinion. Uh, this can go either way because it, it is a second to a back-to-back. You know, I will take in consideration, you know, what, what Rose has also been saying, that this team tends to play pretty well on the second side of a back-to-back. You know, they are against a good, you know, some good goaltenders. Um, I'm not sure, you know, which goaltender it's going to be at that point. Um, but they're both pretty good. This is going to be a close game. And I'm going to give this one to Nashville. And I'm going to say 2-1. to one. Moving on now. Uh, they got the Christmas break. And then they'll come right back to head up to Sin City in Las Vegas to play the Vegas Golden Knights. So what do you guys have in this game? So, we've played the Golden Knights twice so far. A 4-1 win and a 2-1 shootout. I think we got to get much better at division games, and I think Taka's going to be drawing that into the team. I think we get this one. I'm going 3-0. Shut out. All right. I think that's bold. <laughs> Very bold. <laughs> Vegas has definitely some good scorers on their team, and they have also got good goaltending as well. I mean, um, unless that's Malcolm Subban in that. I mean, but he's not. Yeah, here. but last time he was in net, he played well against us, too. Yeah, true. But maybe Hall makes a difference there. 
I don't know. Maybe he'll be getting his feet together by then. Yeah, I'll say 3-1 Coyotes. Okay. Why not? You know, I think this is a game where, um, again, I I like the Coyotes in this game. I'll, I'll, just, I'll, just, I'll, I'll just go cut straight to it. I like the Coyotes in this one. Um, I'm going to pick this game to go 4-2. Hmm. Now it brings us two more games for the rest of the calendar year before... The end of the decade, the end of the year going into 2020, and that is the Stars visiting the Coyotes on the 29th. It's a home game, so that means they're going to lose. Uh-huh. <laughs> that sounds about right. That's that's the way it works this season. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's going to be uh, two one-stars. What do you got, Kyle? So, Dallas is fighting for a spot. I think they're going to want this one more. I hope the Coyotes don't kind of rest on their position, and I doubt they are. But I think they're going to encounter a couple teams that just want the win more, and I think Dallas is going to be one of them. Combined with this being a home where the team hasn't been playing their best, I'm going to go 4-2 Dallas. Yeah, I'm kind of uh, with you guys on this one. Um, you know, I could go either way on this one, too. Like, you know, there's a lot of these games I can't. But, um, you know, this one, this is a game where I think it's going to flip towards uh, Dallas on this one. I will give them the 4-3 uh, win. And because we all predicted Dallas, of course the Coyotes are going to win that one. Yeah, that's that's generally how it works. Hedging your bets, Carl. Yeah, <laughs> always bet against your home, against your team, because that way, no matter what happens, you're happy. There you go. <laughs> so that brings us to the last game of the calendar year on New Year's Eve: the St. Louis Blues visiting the Arizona Coyotes. The Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis Blues. Thank you very much. Uh, I prefer I, oh. I prefer not to refer them to that. I'm still I'm I'm still upset. <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> my bad. Um, so since I said that the Coyotes were going to lose at home to Dallas on that Sunday, I think they are going to take the game against the Blues because they very rarely have two bad games in a row. So, plus, you know, it's probably going to be a good crowd that night since the next day is a holiday and nobody has to worry about what time they get home. People are going to be getting drunk that night. You know, people are going to have some fun, yeah. you know. It's going to be fun. So It'll be a rowdy crowd, that's for sure. Everyone make sure you drive home safe. Absolutely. Get a lift. Okay. Um, if you have, depending on your insurance policy, sometimes they might offer a free lift home. So... Uh, the Coyote sponsor is Uber, so you can take one of those, too. There you go. <laughs> um, I'm going to say 5-1 uh, Coyotes for that one. They're going to oh, go cool. off. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Why not? Go big or go home, right? Carl, uh, what do you got? <laughs> I mean, I was going to go bold, not going that bold. <laughs> um, 
I think the Coyotes got this one. Um, I agree with everything Rose said. They, they're not going to want to have two bad games. That's happened twice this year where they've lost two games in regulation in a row. I don't know if I'm going to go 5-1, uh, but I'm going to go... I'm going to go 4-3 overtime. Okay, okay. I guess he's peeing in overtime. Um, I'm going to go against the grain here. But I will say this one's going to go in overtime, but I got the Blues winning in this one. I, You know, I the Blues are a good team, and I just can't you know discount that at this point right now. Um, what's, and if I were to get... So I said it's going to go to overtime as well, but this is going to be a... Relatively low-scoring game, though. I will give it a 3-2 win for St. Louis in, in overtime. So on that note, that's it for our predictions. Um, before we close things out, once again, let's go to some very quick final thoughts, guys. Go ahead, and what do you got in your mind? Oh, um, one thing that we should definitely talk about before we go is that the Coyotes actually have a bunch of prospects that are going to be playing in the World Junior Championship that occurs uh-huh. over the Christmas and New Year's Eve breaks. So, uh, they've got Jan Yenik for the Czech Republic, Barrett Hayton for Canada, Matthias Michelli and Akurati for Finland, Valentine Nussbaumer for Switzerland, Ty Emerson for good old USA, and Victor Soderstrom for Sweden, who are all going to be in that tournament. So, um, and you can watch it on the NHL network. So that should be fun to do. James Reeve did a post on Five for Howling about it on the 15th. So last Sunday, definitely recommend everyone check it out, especially if you're looking for something to do over the, over the break. I yeah, love watching just, the World Juniors. Just keep in mind it was before the trade. Yes, so we do. Uh, we do talk about Kevin Mull, who uh, will still be representing Team Canada, and all the best for him. But uh, yeah, and we want Baron Harry to have a good game. So yeah, I can't believe I'm saying this. Go Team Canada, I guess. Maybe question uh, mark for Ty Emerson too. Uh, <laughs> I prefer to to root for Team Sweden in international competitions since Team America normally uh, pisses me off with a roster move, going all the way back to when Yandel was kept off the Olympics. <laughs> and Castle was kept off the Olympics. I'm just going to keep that uh, keep that hatred burden. Wow, man. Keep doing you. Against your own country. <laughs> hey, if my country made smarter roster moves, I would support them. But, like any good fan, I'm voting with my wallet slash attention economy. I don't. Let me run Team USA. I'll, I'll well, do worse. Well, it kind of doesn't matter because you can root for any of the Coyotes process, prospects on any of the, what, eight teams I just mentioned. Without actually rooting for the team. Yeah. So just don't vote for, I think, Germany, uh, Russia, Estonia. Don't work for any of those. Yeah, I know. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Let's get to let's now. Let's get back to uh, final thoughts. Um, I'm excited to see what Taylor Hall brings to the game, and um, maybe hopefully this will get Castle going too. 
I remember when Taylor Hall was first traded and the deal was Hall for Larson one for one, that <laughs> infamous tweet. And I remember someone at the time saying, um, it may have been someone you knew, Rose, that they thought that it was Oliver Ekman Larson that was going to Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it wasn't anybody I knew specifically, but um, there were people online who thought sure. it was for Ekman Larson <laughs> to the point that he was getting phone calls about it, as reported by a, a Swedish paper at the time. That's pretty and- funny. I think at the time that trade seemed like something that the Coyotes could potentially do. Um, And I think the team would have been pretty much the same. The fact that we got Hall for not an entire season, but a lot of it, and we are going to be the only ones who could talk to him for the next couple months and maybe get something going, I think is ridiculously exciting. I never thought I would be talking about a Coyotes team with Phil Kessel. I never thought I'd be talking about a Coyotes team with Taylor Hall. This year is something different. And I don't know how far the team is going to go, but I think every Coyotes fan should take a second and not even think about how the team did last their last game or the next game or the next game, or the next month. But just sit back and appreciate what is happening with this team, starting from ownership down. Right, right. This truly is a new era for the Coyotes. Absolutely. And once again, my final thought, um, and I'll keep on this uh, topic, at least for me, until... Actually, no, no, for quite a long time until I think uh, I've gotten the point across. Roadrunners, guys, go watch them. These guys are the real deal. Um, and remember, as a reminder, Teddy Bear Toss this weekend. Um, so if you're in the valley, come on down uh, and bring a teddy bear. You know, see, uh, see how many teddy bears we can... Uh, throw under the ice for the for the Roadrunners game. It should be a fun fun weekend if you're in town. Also, if you have t- extra time, go check out the new Holiday Ice Rink that just recently got installed in the last couple of weeks. I still haven't got check out got a chance to check it out myself, but uh, maybe maybe later this week before I uh, depart back for California. But um, on that note, once again, we'll probably close things off. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of Desert Dogcast. We will be back, uh, you know, I don't know yet. We uh, will work out, we will take a look at our holiday schedule and see uh, when things work. I'll be taking my home studio with me to make sure we can do one, if we can. Um, if not, um, if we don't hear us until the end of the calendar year, guys, have a happy holidays, a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year and everything. Um, so that's, uh, you know, it's, you know, we try to extend that as much as possible. But also as a reminder, please uh, subscribe to our podcast if you haven't yet already. And if you want to hear from us, we're on literally every platform. And uh, follow us on Twitter at Desert Dogcast. Once again, also at for each of the hosts, I am at Rob Leano one 
I'm I, at Rose Colored Fact. I'm at Carl Pavlock FFH. Feel free to follow any of us. If you have any questions, you can tweet at any of us. We will answer those questions on our next episode, whenever, once again, whenever that may be. Um, and also, people feel free to leave a comment down on the uh, post on the Five for Howling site if we when that gets published probably sometime tomorrow morning or now Tuesday morning. Um, so once again. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a happy holidays. And, you know, as a note to anybody else, who, you know, living down here in Arizona, I know um, parts of Arizona, including here in Tucson, are on a freeze warning. So, as a reminder, stay warm, everybody. Have a happy holidays. We'll see you guys next time.